How long do you think it's been since we first started doing these virtual worship services? Take a guess. It's been eight weeks. Eight long weeks. That's what it seems like to me. I can't wait till we can get back together in the worship center and have our services again. But rest assured, the pastors and the elders are talking about what it looks like when we start to think about reopening. We're not there yet. We would appreciate your prayers that we would have wisdom for that time. But in the meantime, uh, this is a different experience, isn't it? Don't you see it in almost everything you do? I mean, education is different. Shopping is different. Um, everything connected perhaps with your work or many things are connected. Hopefully you have a job. There's so many things. And then you throw church into that too. I know some people who look at this and love, they delight in being different and even alone. You know, that word alone for me has a different ring to it than it did eight weeks earlier. I also know of other people who when they think of the word and then feel the experience of it, well, it's driving them crazy. What sort of emotions is this time period pulling out of us that maybe we never saw there before? Fear, loneliness, even anger? And how do we as Christians deal with these in our own lives, in the lives of our friends and our family and the people we know at church and in our society? Well, there's a beautiful answer to that, and that's found in the Bible and what God is doing in what he calls his new community, the church. For the next several months, we're going to, every week, start to talk about God's new community, what it looks like in Scripture, and what it means for us at Chelton. We are still the church, even though we're experiencing the disruption of COVID-19. So, our new sermon series, God's New Community, will begin to explore these and hopefully push us in new directions that we've never even thought of before. As I introduced the series this morning and uh, even mentioned the word church, you might be thinking, oh, he's going to uh, go to the book of Acts or something in the New Testament. But I'd rather us go back to God's first new community. Yeah, uh, the first community found in the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden. And what I'd like to do is to look at four images that are mentioned in the New Testament as part of what the church is and does and see its earlier echoes in the Garden of Eden. It's going to be an exciting study. I'm going to give us the overview today, and then for the next few months, we'll look at each one of these in much more detail and much more ways that it impacts our church now and in the future. Those four images are, we are 
God's body, the body of Christ. Secondly, we are Christ's bride, the bride of Christ. Third, we are God's temple, the temple of God. And fourth, we are God's family, the family of God. So this first one, body, is probably one that is pretty familiar to you. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. What a great metaphor. Christ is the head, and we are part of his body. We form, then, a community, a community of people who are made in God's image. And that comes in the book of Genesis. Remember in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, it says that when God made the first people, he put his stamp on them. He marked them as bearing his image and likeness. That's another way to say that when they live their lives in their bodies, with their souls and spirits and their minds and their hearts, they were actually reflecting a little bit of who the invisible God really is. And the Bible tells us that that's what the church is. It's the body of Christ. Not only are each one of us who believe in Jesus bearers of God's image, but we also bear the image of Christ, the second Adam, the last and final Adam, the one who is bringing us out of our sinfulness and into the wholeness of being fully human, truly holy, even better than the first Adam was. And that's why Paul can say in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that as we who know God and Jesus contemplate the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. So, are you all alone today? Do you feel isolated? We are part of something bigger than ourselves. We are part of the invisible body of Christ, and we are part as Chelton, of the visible body of Christ, reflecting the image of God and the image of Christ to everyone we encounter, however we do it. And we still do it in these days of social isolation. That's the first image. The second image is that we are the bride of Christ. Revelation 21.9 says it so simply that the church is called the bride, the wife of the lamb. Bride implies groom, and bride and groom imply marriage, and marriage implies a whole host of beautiful concepts. Maybe they could all be boiled down into a word like commitment to each other security in a relationship. That word commitment, security, can you see that in 
Genesis, where God said, I'm going to bring the man, a woman, a wife, and the two will become one. And in that mysterious and beautiful divine addition, one plus one equals one, you have the blending of two people that become one together. That's the way it is for believers. That's what it means to be the bride of Christ. There's a spiritual marriage. There's a union that takes place between you and Jesus, where the two become one. The Bible says that God places his spirit in us. In fact, the entire triune God is placed mystically within each one of his people. And that is a commitment. He guarantees to be in us and with us and part of us forever. And it also means that we are committed to him, to love and obedience and knowing him and serving him for all of our days. Do you feel isolated today? You're not alone. You are in a committed relationship and the triune God is committed to your soul. He chose you before this world began. He brought you to himself and he will continue to know you now and forever in a committed relationship. Ah, that's so wonderful. There's a third image that the New Testament says the church is. Listen to 1 Corinthians 3.16. You yourselves are God's temple, and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst is true. God's temple. A temple is a place where God lives where God is worshipped, that God permeates the space. And Paul says, you, and in 1 Corinthians 3, he's talking about all of you together are part of God's building, God's temple, God's house, God's dwelling, by his spirit who is in you, in your midst. And you might think, well, where is that in the Garden of Eden? I don't remember reading that word there. And no, you, you didn't read it. It's not there in word, but it is there in concept. Remember, there's no sin. And there is the presence of God. He walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. In fact, there are many images that show up from the Garden of Eden in the tabernacle and the temple Actually, the garden is the first dwelling of God on earth. And by that dwelling, all that's meant by worship and nurture and knowing and a relationship of being with God is implied. And so when Paul says, you are the temple of God, for sure you individually, but you collectively that's such a rich image. If you want to find God on earth, go to church. His temple is there. And so we rejoice in being able to worship God individually, 
maybe that's what happens today, hopefully, when you're watching this. And if you're watching with other people, that's part of it as well. Believers that get together and know that it's not just you watching this, but there are other people watching this as well. That's an expression of the temple of God in worship. The fourth image, and the final one, is the family of God. And Jesus told his followers before he went back to heaven when he was still on earth, go and make disciples of all the nations. Do you remember that from Matthew 28, 19? You say, how is that the family of God? Well, Jesus is telling his family, his followers, to go out and make more followers. Increase the family. That's what Adam and Eve were told when God said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Do you see? Jesus is saying that we can have spiritual children. We can have spiritual relatives. We can increase the family of God by making sure that we go out and share the message. These four images are so full of meaning that it'll take us a full month to explore everything that they mean. But it could be that today you're saying, you know, Bill, you're talking way up here. You're talking the ideal in the Garden of Eden, and you're talking about the ideal, the church, but haven't you forgotten about where we are in COVID? I mean, we're not together. <laughs> How can we be the church? You're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. Because the church exists even when we don't worship together in one building. Every one of these four images is true of you this morning. You are part of something bigger and better. And the very fact that you would even think, well, we're missing something, says that you're aware of the lack and you know that there's a need. That's God's grace, moving us more and more in our need to himself. So when you reach out and talk to someone, either by text or phone or email or maybe verbally in your neighborhood or elsewhere, you're actually showing God's image that's in you, the beauty of Christ, the caring heart of a God and Father. Be encouraged. And when you pray to God for strength to get through the day, when the kids have just sapped all your energy and you're spent, you're showing your loyal love to your heavenly bride and bridegroom who is there for you. He's committed to you. And when you're committed to him and you say, Lord, please help me, he's there to help refuel your heart. And maybe when you prayed for someone this week, you were acting like a priest. Yes, you were that go-between in the temple of God, bringing that person's need to God on behalf of that person, because you know God. That's what priests do.
Or maybe when you had to listen to that song that resonated in your soul and brought you right up to God in that moment of worship, you're exercising your priesthood as a singer in the temple of God. And finally, when you perhaps talked to your neighbor this week and maybe shopped for them or let them know that you care, or maybe you told somebody that Shelton has an online worship service that they could tune into, well, you're actually reaching out with the love of Christ to say, come, be a part of the family of God. Since Jesus promised that he would build his church and the gates of Hades, the powers of death and Satan, would never overcome it, well, we know that the church's future is secure. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. Yeah, we are, we're part of something bigger than ourselves, so don't shortchange the way you feel. If you feel isolated or alone, be reminded of your true identity, not just as God's new humanity, but of part of God's new community. And allow yourself to be reminded that you are part of Christ's body. You are his bride. You are his temple. And you are his family. As part of that family and community in the temple that worships, let's go to him right now together. Our God, we are so thankful that we are not alone, never isolated. And we thank you for the hope that we have in someday returning to worshiping together and someday worshiping before the throne of God with all of your people from all of time. And Lord, may we be reminded that the glimpse of glory that we're tasting even now is enough for today. So feed our souls by your Spirit. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen.